This is J. Carl Ganter for Circle of Blue, and speaking of water. If you follow water issues closely, your journeys inevitably will bring you to World Water Week, held in Stockholm each August. You'll find sessions ranging from water, sanitation, and health in rural communities to intricate plans for redesigning the world's largest cities in the face of growing population and climate change. So I spoke with Torgna Holmgren, Executive Director of the Stockholm International Water Institute and host of World Water Week, to get a sense of these big questions and about what he sees in an unprecedented year ahead where incremental approaches may no longer be an option. Torgny, thanks for joining us again. When we talked just a few weeks ago, you were excited to have a much younger and diverse group gathering around water issues in Stockholm. This year we had some more than 1,000 participants under the age of 35. And to me, that is very encouraging for the future, uh, seeing the young professionals and also students coming to Stockholm to learn from each other, to share, but also to network with the more senior uh, representatives or participants. I think that is a good sign. Second, I think we broadened the scope among the uh, different part, uh, kinds of participants. We see more and more coming from private sector the business society. So I think in that sense, it's a good mix of practitioners from both the private sector, public sector, agencies, policy-making institutions, civil society, and of course from different international organizations. So that is an attendance. Then I see that, I read that the awareness of the, of the, of the water issue at large is increasing. Quite rapidly, I think to me that is a sign of the bigger attendance that we get every year. Also, that well, we do all rely on water, and we're all in it together. So I think and that is for me also a sign that we need also to in, in to also in the future get more, I guess, uh, partners from the water user society also to the World Water Week, uh, which are the main decisions makers on the future of water. Uh, Substance-wise, of course, this year we focused on ecosystems, water and human development. To me, a very interesting subject as we all discussed and also looked into how we can combine the grey and green uh, solutions uh, for water in the next years to come. So gray and green solutions, you know, there's always been the, the feeling, and, and maybe it's just because of participants all coming together and, and sharing, but there's a movie called Groundhog Day where it's incremental. Gray and green, uh, some of the other issues, did you see anything that's, that's really transformational starting to break through in addition to the younger participation? Well, what I see in coming is the increased interest among city developers for green solutions. As we all know, we are into a rapid phase of urbanization, growing cities, urban areas around the world. And if we have relied maybe too long on grey solutions, I think, and I see a huge interest now in also getting green solutions. Of course, a combination of grey and green, I, I must say. But to see how we can, in the future, take care of what not only the main maybe challenge of water with water scarcity but also too much or flooding of water i think that we need green solutions much more in the in the in, in the future so i think that is a trend that we also focus quite a lot to on in this year's world water week as uh, green solutions can capture and take care of stormwater 
to another rather huge extent than gray solutions in, in many urban areas. That is one part when I come to the rural areas and as we ourselves in our institute together with a number of partners, mainly African, are looking how to feed the growing population, the rapidly growing population in Africa, where we need to find other solutions that we did use in Asia at the Green Revolution, because in Africa, we cannot use irrigation or large-scale irrigation at the same kind that was being done, was being made in, used in, in, in Asia. So there we go for quite, well, uh, let's say low technology, uh, green water solutions, meaning that we have to take care of the rainwater uh, much more efficient in the future. That is our Africa Water Revolution Initiative about rainwater harvesting to a large extent, which also is kind of a green solution. You know, it seems like a lot of talk about resilient systems and urban systems and, and cities, so it, it seems as though there's much more a systemic approach there. Um, and also, which you know, we're, we're seeing here in the U.S., uh, severe weather, of course, uh, Hurricane Florence um, underscoring that. Um, are you getting any uh, you know, additional either interest from experts or, or uh, planners how to build much more resilient systems for, for system shocks like uh, floods and hurricanes and droughts? I think that is also a, a sign of this time that we do see more and more and more frequent and severe uh, hurricanes or cyclones uh, around the world, which means that we maybe one of the main issues is not to take care of too much water or the scarcity of water. I think we have a double branch approach or double branch challenges there, both with too much or too little water and, of course, to build resilient societies. I think that is key also. As I think this is not just a one-time event, it's going to be more frequent also in the future, that I think the green solutions combined with the grey will be the future of how to protect coastal areas, but also hinterland when it comes to uh, well, uh, be more resilient towards the, the dramatic changes that Mother Earth is presenting us with uh, as of now. Along those same lines, last week I spoke at the Water Pavilion in San Francisco during the Global Climate Action Summit, and it was across town from the rest of the climate talks um, and the presentations and events on climate. It seems like the climate people are still somewhat distant from the water world, at least in the water expert crowd. What do we do to bring the two more closely together? I think you're definitely right on that. Uh, we often claim that climate is water, of course now. When it comes to climate discussions or climate negotiations, it's mainly dealt with energy, of course, to bring down greenhouse gas emissions, which of course is, is key. But at the same time, the effects of climate change makes most fundamentally in the way that you see too much of the water, you get flooding or you get droughts. And if we look into the, the plants from the different countries that are not to live up to the Paris Agreement, the so-called national determined contributions or indices, they to a large extent uh, focus on how to handle water or how to take care of water, especially in low-income countries or among African countries and uh, least developed countries. I think water is definitely there. So I think we need to more, look more carefully in how to adapt to climate change. And that is water to a large extent. At the same time, water plays also a critical role in mitigation of 
climate change as you need water for well, produce energy and also in, in different kinds and forms. So, uh, water is definitely there to be the big part of the discussion of climate. Uh, when it comes to the Conference of the Parties of UNCCC, we together with a number of organizations have worked for quite some time. Since Copenhagen in uh, 2009 to get water on the agenda of climate discussions and nowadays since two years we have the official climate water day at the climate conference. That is a good start. But I think what we're doing to see now in Katowice in Poland is even better because then it's still a climate, a water, water official, but it's combined with agriculture and other sectors, which I think is also key that we combine efforts rather than go into silo thinking. Great. So, so you think so? Coming up to Poland and the and the uh, the COP, the COP meeting, we'll see much more uh, water threads throughout the climate conversations. Yes, I expect that and. Uh, uh, to build on what was being done since uh, Paris and Marrakesh and most recently in Bonn to build up the momentum of water, but also to bridge over to other communities and sectors with regard to climate change. I think that is that is the way forward. It seems like people can see themselves in the picture more than an amorphous number about CO2 and emissions. So you mentioned, you know, when we've talked before, we talked about planetary boundaries. Can you explain that for me just a bit? And then also, where does water fit in this when we're talking about the Stockholm Resilience Center? And what are we talking about and, and where does water fit? Yes, when I discuss uh, planetary boundaries with colleagues at Stockholm Resilience Center, I will claim together then that water is the basis for our, not only human, human beings, but also the, the, the future of uh, the planet. Uh, I just actually had a meeting uh, an hour ago with our senior scientific advisor, Professor Malin Falkenmark, and she will soon also uh, edit and uh, publish uh, an article with John Rockström on, on the fundamental role that water plays in, in well, not only development, but its development of, of, of Earth. Uh, so water is a basis. Uh, without water, you cannot do anything. You cannot survive. You cannot produce anything, you cannot feed your people, produce energy, etc. So in that sense, uh, it's very fundamental and also one of the key planetary boundaries, I will claim. Let me give you one example. I mentioned about Africa. And if I look around the world with a growing, rapidly growing population on the African continent, there are some estimations that by next the turn of next century or 21, and there will be some 4 billion people which are now roughly 1 billion, and how to feed the growing population of Africa. That is a key challenge, not only for Africa, but for the world. And there we need to find solutions that are linking traditional knowledge with modern uh, technology, but also very basic rainwater uh, caretaking or harvesting. So that is a way to handle the planetary boundaries with otherwise because a lot of damage, not to the population, but also to the world at large, I would claim. Great. Uh, no, that'll be much more important, obviously, as we as we push against these limits. Um, and so lastly, and, and this is probably the perfect segue here, uh, the theme uh, for the coming year and going into, into World Water Week is water for society. Uh, give me a hint of what we'll be seeing throughout the year and why this is important and, and what's the road ahead look like? Yes, thanks. 
Now we are looking into also maybe broaden the scope, our idea with World War II vehicles, of course, to, to build on what has been discussed and what is happening, not only in the World War II vehicles, but happening in the world at large in the discussion and also our development on different topics. Water for society, including all, which is our main theme for next year, also relates to the sustainable development goals, uh, where water, of course, plays a key role. Number SDG number six, of course, is fundamental for achieving all the SDGs. Now we will look into how to include all, which means that, of course, main challenge maybe still is to to provide uh, clean water and sanitation for the two. 1.1 billion people that still lack that, but also see how we can allocate water resources, finite water resources more efficiently in the future where the request or demand or need for water is, is increasing uh, at huge numbers. At the same time, we need to find ways and means and incentives to be more careful in the way that we not only use water, but also how we treat wastewater so I think in that sense, next year's World Water Week will build upon what we discussed this year on ecosystems, the upcoming Katowice meeting on climate. We have uh, the World Water Week just a few weeks before the climate summit in UN next year, and also building what is being discussed and the annual uh, high-level political forum, also uh, uh, tracking what we are doing on the, on the SDGs. So it will, uh, in that sense, be a a week where we will capture what has been and will be discussed on, on the climate, ecosystems, industrial use, energy production, agriculture, etc., but also most fundamental how to provide clean water to the old populations of the world. Will we see commitments made throughout the year and maybe um, coming out of out of Stockholm or is that a uh, an, another space? Yes, uh, we are addressing the water issue in different forums. For instance, now next week we have the UN General Assembly starting up its session for the fall. We addressed all member states of UN on, on the fundamental aspect that water plays in society. We have the upcoming uh, COP, which we discussed uh, in Katowice on the climate. And there are other meetings uh, taking place like uh, Davos uh, in uh, January. We have other meetings also coming up, uh, African Water Week. We have a number of water weeks around the world where we will also cooperate on the issue of water. But to us, it's also very important to reach out to other communities, not only uh, focus on water-related events, but also to other, uh, not only events, but also other communities who are well very dependent on water and see how we can combine efforts and forces to make this uh, world a better place to live for all of us. Well, Torgan Holmgren, thanks for joining us on uh, Speaking of Water, and I'm sure we'll be talking quite a bit over the next year. Okay, thanks a lot for having me. I spoke with Torgan Holmgren, Executive Director of the Stockholm International Water Institute. For full coverage of the world's water hotspots, conflicts, and solutions, follow us at circleofblue.org. This has been Speaking of Water from Circle of Blue, where water speaks. I'm J. Carl Ganter.